Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who, just five years into my legal career, found myself questioning, why work so hard to barely be squeezing life in? So that I wouldn't become yet another attorney burnout statistic, I decided to redefine success on my terms from the inside out, which is what enabled me to build a profitable legal practice while navigating my way through the challenges of two kids and two bed rests, the 2008 financial crisis, and a battle with breast cancer. What I learned is that you can build a successful legal career without sacrificing your health or personal happiness. And I'm on a mission to help you do exactly that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Well, hey there. Welcome to the Life in Law Podcast. This is your host, Heather Mulder. And today we are getting into my number one success strategy, something that I am I guess you could say really passionate about, and you'll probably hear the passion in my voice a little bit today and in through the, some of the stories that I share with you. I will say that some of you may think, how is this a strategy? And I feel like it is a strategy because you really need to think about it. You need to be proactive in doing this particular thing, and you need to be really intentional about it, about ensuring that it's set up properly and um, that you're getting what you need out of it. So what is the it I'm talking about? I'm talking about having a rock-solid support network. That is my number one success strategy. I do not believe that you can be truly successful in the law and in life in general if you are not truly supported by wonderful people, if you don't have a full network around you to support you. And that support comes in a lot of different ways. It comes in, you know, holding you accountable. We often say we want things, we set big goals and, and you know, ask yourself, be really honest with yourself here. How often do you set a goal and then not really go about doing all the things you could do to achieve it? This happens all the time to practically everyone at some point in our life at least, right? So maybe you've gotten better at that and when you set goals, you really do set out to achieve them. Well, ask yourself, well, what's changed? How do you stay accountable to yourself? It is very hard for most of us to be accountable solely to ourselves without having a rock-solid support system around us. So the right support gives you accountability. We talk to people. We tell people what we want and what we want to achieve. And by telling people, it helps to hold us accountable. We can go even further by asking people to hold us accountable, by asking us how it's going and checking in on us and that type of a thing. So this is why support is so vital to our success. You must be held accountable. Discipline usually doesn't do it in and of itself for any of us. You can only be so disciplined. The mind doesn't work that way. You need the accountability piece too. And other people, other people's support helps to do that. Also, you need people that you feel like you're on the same page with, that you feel like are there for you and listen and understand you and understand where you're coming from, who can be there for you when you need them. Because let's face it, life is hard. The practice of law is hard. And you need that backstop behind you. That's what support gives you. That's what the right support network gives you. And 
The thing I would say, and, and a lot of you probably think, well, I'm really well supported. I have a great spouse. I have great friends. I have a couple of peers that I really trust. And that's wonderful. You have some great support there. But that in and of itself isn't enough. <laughs> and here's where I say the intentionality comes in. You really want three different types or like levels, I guess you could say, of support. And there's two types within each level. So I guess that's like six different types of support when you add it all together. And that is what I specifically want to go through here. Because you want to achieve all the things you want, but you also want to do that in a way where you feel content around your decisions, where you feel good about how you showed up, how you, you know, went about doing the things that you wanted to do. Um, whether you stay aligned to your values and what's most important to you and your priorities upon that path and whether you ended up truly where you wanted to be, whether you're happy. All of these things are part of what success really is because it's not just about achieving things, right? What's the point if you're achieving a bunch of stuff that doesn't make you feel good or that's only fleeting? And so this is why I say you want to be truly intentional. And you want to surround yourself by the right people in all areas of your life, both personally and professionally, and then also within those three levels that I mentioned earlier. So let's just get right into it. Here is where I think you want to start with your support structure. Number one is peer support, okay? This is kind of the first level. So these are people that you feel like are your peers professionally and personally. So colleagues in the same firm or that you graduated with or that are in other firms or that are in the same industry and are at a similar level. Those would be your peers, right? Do you have support from people like that who understand what you're going through because they're going through a lot of the same things? who you can go to when you're, you know, feel like you're butting your head up against the wall and you can't figure something out and you just need an outside perspective, but from somebody who kind of understands what it is you're doing because they've probably gone through the same thing, you want that. And this is somewhere that I find a lot of lawyers lack in, especially when it comes to my big law and not even big law, but somewhat bigger firm lawyers, it's really easy for us to feel like we're in competition with our peers in our same firm. And even with the peers that we graduated with, we tend to measure our success against theirs. And because we do that, we get into an unhealthy level of comparison and then kind of separate from them and don't want to share too much with them because we don't want to feel like, oh my God, they've achieved so much more than me. <laughs> or we don't want them to judge us, right? And I find that a lot of attorneys don't have anywhere near as enough peer support as they could or should have. You need peer support. And so I want you to get really honest about, well, do I really have that? Do I have anyone? And if so, do I have enough? Of this because you need more than just one person, right? Because not everybody is always going to get every situation or is going to get you or is going to be available. And so again, you want a network of people. So think about, well, who within my firm, if you're in a medium to large, even a smaller, but you know, have people there, who there here might be a good candidate and start reaching out to them, go to lunch, get out with them, start to get to know them personally. 
That's really your first step so that you can figure out whether you guys have similar values and whether they might be a good person and start building those networks now. And also think back to, you know, the people you went to law school with that maybe you felt closer to at one time, but you've lost track of. Maybe reach out to one or two of them. And also, and I found this very helpful as I was um, in my career and, and going up the ranks. And frankly, I find this now with fellow coaches that I network with. It's really helpful sometimes to pay attention to when you are working alongside people. Maybe they're on the other side of a transaction or of a case, and but you feel like they're a lot like me. They have similar values and I, I have an affinity towards them. Pay attention to that. Reach out to them. Get to know them better because those folks can be really great peer support. So it doesn't just have to be within your firm, okay? It can be outside of your firm. It can be all over. It can be people that you've met throughout your career. You just want to make sure you have a network of peers that you feel like are there for you, who you can confide in, who you can trust, who you can brainstorm with. All right. This is one of the reasons, FYI, I do um, masterminds because I find that a lot of, especially medium sized and large firm lawyers, do not confide in their peers within their firm. And they've gotten to the point where they're so self isolated. They hardly talk to anybody outside of their firm. They only talk to those inside of their firm, but they don't feel like they can confide within their firm. And so the mastermind kind of helps give them that outlet for, you know, uh, peer support where people are going after something similar. So the masterminds, you know, has a similar goal. They're trying to build their business. A lot of the, they, they realize that a lot of, you know, practically every lawyer out there has a lot of the same problems and struggles and mindset blocks that get in their way. And so it's really helpful to them. But what they realize through that and it, is that how isolated they've become and how, yes, the mastermind helps with that, but they need to do even more. And yes, these friendships are formed, and yes, they often stick, you know, stay together and keep up with one another post the mastermind. But it's important to then go out and create those relationships too for themselves. This is something that gives them is that knowledge and that desire. So I would tell you, go out and do it proactively now if you don't already have it. And even if you think you do, maybe question whether it's deep enough and whether your network has enough people in it. For that because that support is just, it's gold. It can really help you. Okay, so that's the professional peer support. When it comes to the personal side, you also need that support as well. So sometimes things come up within our lives and frankly, even within your practice where you want, you want the more personal support from people who know you incredibly well, people who align with your values, people who've been around forever, people who are always there, always have your back. So this would be, you know, spouses, family members, friends, that type of support. And I think that sometimes we forget to keep up with some of our relationships over time. It's easy, right? It's you get really busy within your practice and you... <laughs> You, you know, life happens and you might have kids like I do. And all of a sudden your, you know, days are fully booked or feel fully booked with kids events and business stuff. And so it's really hard to continually fit family and friends into the mix. But I would say don't let yourself drop that. Make sure you're making time for the people you care about the most and for the people who've always been there for you. And as you meet new people personally, 
pay attention to those whose values you share and who you feel, you know, an affinity towards because that's telling for you. And maybe that means you want to deepen that relationship with them. I am often surprised at how, you know, randomly people enter my life in new and surprising ways, really things, you know, in ways that I'm not expecting where just a brief encounter somehow over time flourishes into a wonderful, deep relationship with a great friend who is always there to support me, who understands me and can listen when I need somebody to listen to me. One thing I would say to this is I think a lot of times us lawyers think that, well, non-lawyers don't understand. They don't understand what we're going through. And and to some extent, that's true, right? It's very hard for a non-lawyer or a non-professional in certain certain areas to understand the day-to-day demands and pressures that we lawyers are under. But I would tell you that I think there are more people out there who do understand it than you realize, number one. So don't just assume they don't. A lot of people have these day-to-day pressures and demands. They may be a little bit different, but they can relate, okay? And then secondarily, sometimes it's good to go to people who aren't lawyers and don't have a clue as to what we're under and to explain to them what you're feeling and what you're dealing with and what you're going through because they can give you a very different perspective that you might just need. <laughs> I think sometimes we lawyers think that um, some of the things we put up with and some of the pressure that we put on ourselves and that we accept from others is just part of the gig and it's okay when it's really not. And it doesn't have to be that way. And so talking to people from outside of the law who are our peers, i.e. similar age, similar interests, that type of thing, they can help set us straight and help us see things from a new perspective in a way that opens up our choices and our possibilities. And I can tell you that has happened for me several times throughout my life, okay? So just to give you some examples of what I'm talking about here, when I was a lawyer Early on in my career, I've shared before that I had times where I was like crazy busy working nutty hours and I felt like nobody else could really understand what I was going through. And that included my husband, who wasn't a lawyer, had never gone to law school. Now, the interesting thing is he is a professional and he does consulting work, has always done consulting work. And his work, he works almost as much as not, if not as much as I did, right? But I didn't see it that way. I felt like he didn't have the same pressures. I felt like he didn't have, you know, he certainly didn't have the pressure to build a book of business or, you know, whatnot. But he still had a lot of crazy hour requirements and he still had a lot of pressure to deliver projects on a very timely basis and often under crazy circumstances where there just wasn't enough time to do the best job. And so they, you know, he and his peers had to choose, you know, well, what what gives here and what doesn't. And so what I learned after complaining for a while and listening to him was that although he didn't totally 100% understand what I was going through in all aspects, he really did understand a lot, number one. And number two, he gave me some a new viewpoint for things and made me kind of realize where I was being too hard on myself, where I was putting more pressure, unneeded pressure on myself And I thought it was coming from the outside, from others, but it was really coming from me because I was holding myself to crazy expectations. And I never would have gotten that. I never would have understood that about myself and changed that about myself, and which desperately helped me, like (laughs) helped me a whole lot, 
had I not shared how I was feeling with him, how I not opened up to him. And so it, it definitely helped me. And of course it helped me because he understood me most, you know, he was my husband. He was the person who'd known me forever at that, well, not forever, but for a very long time at that point and understood me at a very deep level. And I've had friends too, who I've shared things with, um, with, especially like when I first made partner. So after I first made partner, I was, of course, incredibly proud and excited, but it, my hopes were very quickly dashed. I think I've also shared with you guys that I made partner during the right, well, right before the 2008 financial crisis as a corporate finance partner and the book of business that I was incredibly proud of and should have been, I'm sure, but that I made partner with was gone by the end of that year. And I just remember feeling not just sad and dejected, but lost. And like, I can't do this. I can't build from scratch. I have to pivot. What am I going to do? And I was frankly freaking out. And I kind of felt like an imposter. Like, why did they promote me? I have nothing now. They're going to regret it. Like all these thoughts like went through my head and I was scared to death to admit how I felt, that I felt like an imposter, that I felt like maybe they'd made a mistake, like I wasn't going to be able to recover. And I know other lawyers feel this way, but at the time, I know this now, I didn't really realize how much this happens to attorneys and thought I was different, right? And so I finally opened up to a friend who wasn't a lawyer, had never been a lawyer, and really didn't understand a lot about the law and how lawyers worked. But she really helped me through that and was like, this is ridiculous, Heather. I guarantee other people feel this way. Everybody feels this way at some point. And this is especially the case when you're in a new position and you have new responsibilities and you've lost everything and you have to regroup. But I know you can do it. And so that support from her was incredibly helpful for me because it gave me the little bit of confidence I needed to just act anyway and to do the things I needed to do to figure out where I wanted to pivot my practice and start doing the things I needed to do to grow my business so that I could, you know, stay in the law because there's no way my firm would have kept me another couple of years doing nothing, right? And I kid you not, folks, I had nothing. Like I went from having work to zero, and having zero of my own work for a good eight or nine months at least uh, before I started getting in some new work. And it was a trickle at first. And, you know, I like to to tell people, yeah, in two years I got from zero to a million, which I know sounds great, but it wasn't a sure thing. I certainly didn't anticipate that happening. And it at first came in a super trickle, which is something else I want to mention, even though this isn't about business development. Just note that in anything, and this is especially the case for business development and almost anything that we do, it's kind of like, you know, you see those pictures out there of the um, iceberg that's just barely sticking out of the water, but if you look under the water, it's huge. A lot of the work that we do when we're trying to achieve big goals and whether it's building your book of business or something else is the under the water. Nobody sees it and it feels like a trickle. And then all of a sudden you pop out, Right. There is a snowball effect. It's just that you don't realize what that is until that pop-out occurs. And often that takes time. And so both of those situations are, I think, good examples of why it's so important to have that peer support. Because without it, it's really hard 
to achieve all that you want. It's hard to stay accountable to yourself. It's hard to have the confidence to go. This group of people are the people that help A, keep you accountable, but B, even more importantly, they are the group of people who help prop you up when you don't feel good, who are there for you to support you and listen to you and give you new ideas and help you with creative thinking and brainstorming. And it's incredibly impactful. So make sure that you have that within your support network. Okay, so that is kind of the level one. Level two is kind of those, I don't know that I like saying this, you know, as an above, below, equal, but I know a lot of us think of it that way. And I would say those above you, those ahead of you, right? Those that you feel like have gotten to where you want to be in some way, shape, or form within life. Maybe it's, you know, a professional who's been doing this 10, 15, 20 more years than you. Maybe it's a professional who's only been in doing it five years more than you, but they've achieved a whole lot more, right? So it could be by years and wisdom gained, and it can be by achievement. They're not not really your peers for that reason because they've achieved so much more. And then also personally, the people who you look up to, who you really strive to be like. So you need people like that within your support network. These are your mentors, right? And your sponsors. And the people who are your cheerleaders, but maybe you don't know them. Sometimes you do, but sometimes you don't know them quite as well as the peers. You may not be as personally close to them, and yet they still can have an incredible impact on your decision-making, on the goals that you go after, on pretty much everything that you do. And I want to caution you to be very careful about who you put into your support network in this area, because it's really easy to look at the shiny objects and think they should automatically be a part of your support network just because they've achieved a lot, right? Because they make a lot of money, because they have a huge book of business or a huge practice, because they're massively respected by a lot of people within your community. Now, you would think that because they're respected, maybe they automatically should go in there, but I, again, would caution you because you don't, you need to make sure that, you know, sometimes people are respected for the wrong reasons. And sometimes even if they are for many good reasons, they're not the right reasons for you. They're not a good fit for you. So you want to ensure that those people, these people that you consider mentors, that you really look up to, that you want to strive to be like, are truly aligned with who you are, with how you want to show up in the world on a day-to-day basis as a lawyer, as a human being, in all aspects, okay? So these people need to have values that are either shared by you or complementary to yours. They cannot conflict with your values. Now, you're not going to find people who have all of the same values as you, but you are going to find people who have some similarities of values, right? Maybe you have an overlapping value or two that are very similar. And even if they're overlapping, they're not going to be defined exactly the same way, but they're so similar that you feel aligned to them. Those people are wonderful to have as mentors. And then there's also going to be some people that may not have any of the exact same values as you, but they're complementary values that work really well with yours. And by values, I mean, you know, the things that make you you, (laughs) the things that kind of give you your unique outlook on life that kind of are guiding principles for you. You want to make sure that your mentors fit in that realm. And again, you want both personal and professional 
right? So for me, one of my biggest, and I mean biggest personal mentors was my grandfather. I'm pretty sure I've talked about him before, but in case I haven't, he was the epitome of the American dream in many ways, which I very much valued and looked up to, but that wasn't really the main reason. The main reason I looked up to him was because of his unyielding belief in serving others. Now, he grew up really, really poor in a small little town in North Carolina on a farm, dirt poor farm. And he was one of those that walked to school pretty far every single day and kind of built himself up. He got a scholarship to Duke University. I think he played football there and got a degree and ended up in Texas working for an oil company and eventually worked his way up to be a high level. (laughs) I think he was um, president of one of the branches at one point of Exxon. And he did very well for his life, right? But throughout that entire time, he always believed in giving back and giving back through monetary gifts, but also through serving, through helping others in various ways. And I saw this growing up throughout my life. He was a huge mentor to me because of that service. And in fact, one of my values is service. And I'm pretty sure (laughs) that one of the reasons I value service so much is through him, through the lessons that I learned from him. And so he was one of my personal mentors for many years growing up. And then as I got older and he passed away, I, you know, had to find new mentors, personal mentors that I look up to, who none of them, I have to say, quite fill his shoes. But there are people that I do know and look up to personally that I don't have as deep of a relationship with, but I learn a lot from. I know them well enough. I try to keep up with them and have lunch once or twice a year. I talk to them, I email with them, and they are mentors to me from a life perspective. Now, what's interesting is um, a couple of these people, I they started as mentors within the professional world, but they have since retired and have become more personal mentors. And so this is where I say you really got to think intentionally about this. The folks that I'm talking about started as professional mentors because they, of course, had a lot of what I wanted within the law. They had good practices. They, you know, um, had wonderful clients. They were very close to their clients and committed to their clients in ways that I thought was very valuable. And, you know, I liked that about them. But there was more to it than that. I picked them as professional mentors also because I like them as human beings. And I liked, you know, I one of my other values, service is, is one of the top three, but another top three is family. For me, family has always come first. And that especially right now for me means my children and my husband. And then followed by, you know, sisters, brother, parents, all of that, right? So I picked these people because family was important to them as well. And because they were not just committed to serving their clients, but also to serving their families and also serving their communities in various ways through serving on boards, through their churches, things of that nature. And so those were the people that I picked. And so once they retired, they were no longer necessarily professional mentors, but they became more personal mentors. But notice how there was an overlap before. They were both personal and professional mentors to begin with. And I've got to say that these people were key to helping me become the person I became as a lawyer to create the success I wanted, to building the practice I wanted, 
they taught me a lot about how to build a book of business and how to do it in a way that felt good to me, being service-oriented first. If you know anything about me at this point, you know, but I think being a service-oriented professional and serving clients and prospects first is by far the best way to grow your business. And they were key to me learning that and incorporating it in the way that I did into my own practice and to build the business that I did. And so they were really wonderful, um, wonderful mentors for me. So I want you to think about like who, who is on this level for me? Who do I look up to? Who, um, both personally and professionally, and why do I look up to them? And are they really the right people? And do I have enough of these people? So these people can be kind of in two different, I guess, categories, you could say. Some of these people you're going to know better. Like you're going to see them regularly. Some of these folks I used to, um, the lawyers that I was talking about, see on a more regular basis because they were within my firm and I would reach out to them and try to go to lunch with them and, you know, at least on a quarterly basis. And so maybe I didn't know them as well as I knew, you know, friends and family, but I did have an established relationship with them as they've departed the law. I don't see them as often because they travel more or they do other things, but I still reach out and still try to keep up with them. And so you want to have a good mix. You want people that are there and that can be there for you to go ask questions, to get advice from when you need their wisdom and their knowledge. And to just also you want to be able to watch them from afar. You learn a lot from that, right? And so, yes, you need at least a couple of people who are mentors, who see themselves as mentors, who you can develop a longer-term relationship with. But it's also okay to have people that you watch from afar and learn from that maybe you don't know as well. So during my legal career, there was somebody in another office who I definitely looked up to. She had a lot of success and um, family was important to her as well. And yet she was in firm leadership and I just really liked her and felt like our values were very aligned. Now we never became super close because there really wasn't the opportunity. She was busy. She had a family. She wasn't, a, I wasn't around her a whole lot because she was in a different office, but I would see her once or twice a year. And every time she was around, I would reach out to her and, and chat with her, even if it was only for five or 10 minutes. But I watched her from afar and I learned a lot from her, just watching her from afar. So it can, it can include those people too, but it can't only have those people. You need kind of more structural support from people who are mentoring you and willing to mentor you. So you want to make sure you have a good mix, okay? And then of course, personally as well. So obviously, some of the people I mentioned before started off as professional mentors who've now really become more personal mentors, although I would say they're professional mentors in some ways still because I learn a lot from them in ways where I can apply it to my current online business as well. But you also want people that you look up to, like I had my grandfather, and now I have other family members and friends of friends who are more advanced than me. I don't know if they'd like it if I said that, but it's true. They they have more wisdom. They have more knowledge. And I learn a lot from them about life and what's important and you know, um, have really learned some wonderful lessons from conversations that I have around politics and religion and all the things we're not supposed to talk to people about, but that I actually recommend you find people you can talk to about in a way where you can both be very open and learn from one another and just go at it with a very curious mentality and not judge. 
I think it's incredibly important to have people within your life who you can learn from, who you look up to, who don't think the same way you do, who, yes, they may have similarities of values or complementary values, but maybe their politics are different. Maybe their religion's really different. There is a lot to be gained from those people. It will help you have a more open mind, which I'll be honest, and this is something I learned when I was um, going through my cancer journey. So I used to be I'll just have to admit it here, much more close-minded in my politics. And although my political views have actually not changed a whole lot, my viewpoints of people with different political views have. And a lot of that came from my cancer experience. There was something about that experience that allowed me to just open up and see people for who they really are, for who their values are, for how much they care about people, and acknowledge and accept that most people – can inherently be really good and want what's best for the world and their children and your children and you even, yet they don't always have the same ideas around how to get there. And I accepted that at that point. And I have to tell you, not only has it made me more open-minded and it's it's definitely, which has helped with relationships with people, but it's made me happier because I don't assume, I don't attribute false motives and and to people and not doing that has really helped me see people differently and approach people differently and approach the world differently in a way that has been much more fulfilling to me (laughs) as a human. Um, And so I highly recommend that when you pick life mentors, right, when you're looking from the personal, that you don't just pick people who think exactly like you. Think broadly. Think more broadly than that. I think you will find No, I know, I know you will find that it's much more enriching to you and it will help you see people differently and it will improve your happiness greatly. Okay, so that is level two. So the third level of people are the people who support us, right? So these are the people when it comes to the professional world, that are hired as support staff to help us out. So if you are a partner, your associates, um, anybody who has an assistant of some kind, paralegals, marketing, any support staff, there are a plethora of people who are out there to support you. And if you are in a firm, that is especially the case, right? There are support staff there. Now, I don't love thinking about them as though it's, you know, downward, down up, but I know we as humans tend to think of it that way, but I prefer to think of it as their jobs are there to help you be your best. And they have certain skills and strengths that you just don't have, which makes them greater than you in those aspects. And it's why they were hired to do the job that they're doing. And so it is up to you to utilize their strengths and skills, the ones that you do not have, to the best of your benefit and your client's benefit, okay? And when you look at it that way, I think I find that it really helps you open up to utilizing them better and more. Couple of things here. This requires you to delegate, which I know is hard for most lawyers. We don't automatically trust. We often think we've been burned, but you are going to need to delegate. And I would insist (laughs) that if you have not already, go back and listen to my episode a couple of episodes back where I interviewed Allison Williams around systems, around how to systematize. Because 
you may think, well, wait, how does that have to do with support? Well, when it comes to delegating, having systems and processes in place allows you to delegate more. When you have a system or a process for the things that you do for your team, for you know anyone who helps you, it makes it easier on them and it makes it easier on you too. And although there is a fair amount of work not going to lie, that goes into it on the upfront, it makes the day-to-day after the fact so much easier. And it makes training people easier in the long term. So I would say if delegation is difficult for you, you might want to think about, well, where could I put some systems and processes in place to help me delegate more in various ways? And where could I do that? Okay? So that's to get you started. But this means really thinking kind of big on, you know, what is this person here for? What are their unique skills? What are their unique traits and personality? What are their strengths? And how can I utilize those to the best of my benefit? Because I guarantee they have some that you don't have. And maybe they they have some in places where you think you do have them, but it's not really your best role, given your role. And so you want to utilize them for that. They are there for that purpose. So you want to utilize them, okay? It's going to make you better in the long haul. And then when it comes to personally, this is an interesting one, right? So from a personal standpoint, there's two avenues here. One is kind of a personal slash professional. I want you to think of how you can mentor others. And this includes at work. So yes, that's a professional role, but there's a personal aspect to it because you have to get to know other people that you can, you mentor on a more personal level to be a good mentor. And so you want to have at least one, maybe more people that you are mentoring from a professional standpoint that will also give you more of a personal relationship. And I would say mentorship is a two-way street. It's not just you, the mentor helping the mentee, if you do it right and you develop a good relationship over the long term, you're going to be helped by them because they're going to help you see things in new ways. They're going to give you ideas. They're going to make you more creative. It gives back too. When it comes to the personal, I highly recommend you at least get out and have ways to get out with people who may not have as much life experience, who may be a bit younger than you, who can give you a little more life (laughs) and can help you see things from a different perspective. I would say that just being a part of something, some type of maybe community activity that gives you access to people is kind of the support you might need. There is a support structure and getting out more in the community and helping others who are younger than you and don't have as much and or don't have as much experience as you. That A, yes, you're helping others, which is a great thing, FYI, but it also gives back. It gives back to you in ways that will surprise you. And I actually consider this support and part of your support network because of the ideas it can generate, the creativity it can generate, just the outlook that it can give you. It supports you with a varied outlook, with not getting stagnant. That is it. That is my number one kind of success strategy is to really intentionally 
and proactively create a really strong support network, both personally and professionally, from all three areas, mentors, peers, and then others who are there to support you or that might not have as much knowledge or wisdom and life, but can support you with a really intriguing and interesting and different outlook. And I wasn't going to do this today, but I'm going to go ahead and just say it. I am about to open up applications to my mastermind. And since the mastermind is partially designed for the support piece, to give you the peer support that you need to grow the book of business you truly want, and even to figure out what that book of business, you know, what you want it to look like, and then to keep you accountable. And it's also giving you the expert mentor support through me, (laughs) somebody who's been there, done that, and now coaches around that. If you are interested, the early enrollment period is now starting. I am reaching out to people who are on the wait list and who have expressed an interest. And yes, I wasn't going to do this because I'm not formally getting this out there on social media. But if you are so interested and you're like, you know what, I would love to see what that looks like and see if it would be a fit for me email me, reach out to me, and I would love to have a chat with you to see if it would be a benefit to you and a good fit for you. Okay, that is it for this week. We will be back next week with another guest. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Life and Law Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode and aren't yet a follower or subscriber, be sure to hit the follow and or subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. For show notes and free resources to help you succeed in both Life and Law, including the Life and Law Roadmap, visit lifeandlawpodcast.com.